0: come against this, because your work comes against strongholds, and you strengthen, and you have empowered us, each in the ministries in which you have given us, to overcome and overtake. You make our feet steady and sure. So we place our delight in you, and we are of good cheer today, because, Lord, you have filled our hearts and accomplish the deeds that you have called us to do. We just pray for Guy and Christina as they are in ministry today. She was mom. And we all have people in our lives that you have placed in front of us to be um, not only a model, but also give words of wisdom that you have through your scriptures, brought to us. we ask this prayer over Rachel as she really presents the anointing ministry, Lord, that you've given to her today. So we just ask God that you'd overshadow and give um, strength and the desire of your heart. We pray it in your name. Amen. So we're going to stand and we're just going to ask that you just go ahead and greet those, find somebody you haven't talked to for a while, and uh, share what God's doing in your life.
1: Good morning, good morning. Good morning. No. Let's grab our seats and we'll get back the service in order. Just a couple announcements before we release, release the children this morning. Slow down, Abby. You want to stay up here with me? Oh. I go of my belly button yeah. All right. So September 24th, we're having a family fun night at the beach. Afternoon at the beach. Uh, mark your calendars. At the end of this month, August 26th, we're having another family fun night at the Slossons. That's Jason and Melissa. He leads worship. They usually sit right over here. We're going to be doing that at their house and they got a pool. So we'll have a bounce house and we'll have food and all that sort of fun stuff. And the also other thing on our announcements for today is October 29th, this is going to be going to be the membership class. So if you're interested in becoming a, a, an official documented member of CLC, this is kind of your chance for this year. And then, Pants down. (laughs) So, and then we're, but everyone's invited. If you're already a member, it's just going to be a kind of a gathering time to talk about vision and leadership and like what we're wanting and what we're hoping and what we're praying for. And so, with that being said, I'm going to ask the kids to come up and the ushers. you, Terry. Lord, we just ask that your hand would be on these kids and on their teachers today and that you would just pour your knowledge and your love and your grace into them. And Lord, we ask that you lift up this offering and we just ask that people would give with a genuine, we're not trying to manipulate or congeal or anything like that, Lord. We just want to be pure intentions and father we just ask that just as we open we hold these kids in an open hand we uh, we offer our savings our money our our time talents and treasure lord that we open hold these things with an open hand to you and and we love you lord amen all right so i'm going to have Rachel come up okay
2: good morning So um, it's been a while since I've been up here um, teaching, and I'm already saying, um, I'm going to try not to say that. I, the last few times, though, that I've spoken here, I've had parameters of what I was supposed to be speaking about. Easter was actually, Corey made that message, and, and I was just giving it, and and so this time when I was asked to speak, I realized I had... A lot of content that I could choose from, and it was a little overwhelming. <laughs> so I um, was reading in Matthew chapter 22, and it was talking about the triumphal entry. And, oh, no, 21, sorry. Matthew 21. Verse 10, after Jesus comes into Jerusalem riding on the donkey colt and everyone's yelling Hosanna and they're waving the palm branches and, and what really struck me from this passage though was in verse 10, the reaction of the crowd to Jesus and it says, and when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up saying, who is this? And the crowd said, this is a prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. And as I was reading this, I was thinking about when we encounter Jesus in our lives and when we see him in others' lives, we can feel stirred up and, and we can, as we're stirred up and as we're thinking about, well, who is this? I think it's important to look into the Word and really study out who Jesus is. Because we can look on the surface and say, oh, this is Jesus of Galilee. Jesus from Nazareth, a prophet. And that's that's one thing about who Jesus is. But who Jesus is is many-faceted. And it's important for us to understand who he is in our lives because as we go through our walk, we're going to encounter a lot of situations where we need Jesus in our lives. And when we have a grasp of who he is, then we can understand how he can work in our lives to help us through what we're going through. So I got that broad idea. Okay, so I'm going to talk about who Jesus is. And then, of course, there's tons of choices of what what facet of Jesus' character am I going to talk about. And so I was praying, and um, a verse popped in my head. It's uh, from Luke chapter 1, verses 78 and 79. And here we have John the Baptist's father, Zechariah, giving this prophecy right after, Zechari- uh, after John the Baptist was born. And Zechariah had actually not been able to speak for the entire time that, um, that John the Baptist was in the womb. And God loosed his mouth, and he gives this amazing prophecy. You should read it sometime. It's really beautiful. But there's this one part, and this is what popped in my head. It says, because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. So that phrase, giving light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, that's what came in my head. And I said, okay, I'm going to talk about Jesus being the light. Now, when I thought about that, there's this is part of the Bible that is one of my favorites that talks about Jesus being a light. And so that's where my, my brain went next. <laughs> so John opens his gospel with a description of Jesus. And it says in verse 6, it starts talking about John the Baptist coming as a witness to the light. And it says he was not the light, but he was a witness to the light. So in verse 9, it says, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of men, but of God. So today I want to talk to you about Jesus as the true light, the light who has come into the world to make it so we can come and be children of God. Isaiah spoke about Jesus coming as a light. In chapter 9, verse 2, he says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. So what is this darkness that people are sitting in? What is this deep darkness, this this despair? Well, in Romans 3.23, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So we are all sinners. If we go all the way back to Adam and Eve in the garden in Genesis 3, they were in the light. They were walking with God. Everything was beautiful and good and right. And then sin came into the world. Then Adam and Eve made this choice to not believe the word that God has spoken. See, this... In John chapter 1, it talks about how God created the world through through the Word. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And it says that by him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that was made. God spoke truth, and, and it came to be, and light came to be, and, and the world came to be. And, and he told Adam and Eve, he said, there's this tree over here, and you're not to eat of it. This tree will bring death. This tree will will separate you from, from me. And so they decided to not believe God. They decided to say, I'm going to eat this fruit because it's going to make my life better. I don't believe what God said. They believed the lie. They ate the fruit. And sin came into the world. And death came into the world. And darkness came into the world. And then all of a sudden, every person from Adam on is born with sin in their heart, is born in darkness, is born with separation from God. And God made rules. God, God made the standard that he had, and he said, this is, this is what I require of you. You have the Ten Commandments, and, and you have the, what God has said. This is holiness, and this is the standard. And every person has not been able to make that happen. Every person is unable to achieve righteousness on their own. So righteousness, I'm a, I'm a vocabulary person, so I'm going to give you some definitions here. Righteousness means goodness that is good enough for God. And I don't have that on my own. And you don't either. We all don't. It says, remember, Romans 3.23, all of us have sinned. So we're all in this darkness together. But we have hope because God sent Jesus to be our light, to shine in the darkness, to give a light that reveals who God is and the way to God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So he came to give us his righteousness. So here we all are. Here we all are, broken and in darkness. And Jesus comes, and He is what Zechariah called the sunrise, the sunrise from on high, who gives light to all who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. I think this is a really cool word picture here of Jesus being the sunrise, because in John chapter one, when it talks about Jesus being the Word by which God created the world, He created light. You know, it says, "God spoke." He said, let there be light, and there be light. There, and there was light. And here Jesus, is, he, he started, he brought the light in the beginning, and now he's bringing a new creation, a new light, that light that, by which we can be saved, that light by which we can become children of God. So the righteousness that Jesus offers us is his own righteousness. It says in Romans that we are justified by his grace as a gift. I'm going to read a few more. Okay, so here in verse 20 of Romans 3. Romans 3 is another favorite part of my Bible, but... uh, of another of my favorite parts of the Bible, as some of you know, especially those who've been in my Bible study. Um, In verse 20, it says, For by the works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. So we just can't. We can't reach God by the law. But there's this awesome part in verse 21. It says, But now. So where 20 says, There's just no hope for you on your own. But... But now, the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. So where the law failed, we have a new option. It has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. And are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Jesus is the light. Jesus is the way, and we can have his righteousness. So let me tell you what happens when you choose to have faith in him and you choose to take that gift of grace. What happens is God takes Jesus's file, all that's true of Jesus. He takes his file and he says, Jesus is righteous, Jesus is holy, Jesus is my son, He takes that file and he makes a copy of it and he puts your name on it. And he says, this is true of you too because you've received Jesus's grace. You've received his salvation. And so I can stand here today and say, I am good enough for God. That's pretty awesome. I am good enough for God because Jesus has covered me with his righteousness where my righteousness was like filthy rags. It was just unacceptable. Jesus put his righteousness over me and now God looks at me and he says, you are good enough for God. In fact, you are my child and I love you. <laughs> that's right. You can say amen. That's, that's a, <laughs> that is a beautiful thing, people. <laughs> it makes me happy. Okay. So, Jesus puts his righteousness on us and he makes us good enough for him. But it's something that's a choice. We have two choices of how we want to respond to the light. In 2 Corinthians 4, 4 through 6, it says, in, this case, in their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For God, who said, Let light shine in the darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. He is shining his light in our hearts, but we have to make a choice. And... It is easy to be blind to this. It is easy to say, "I'm good enough on my own. I've got this. You know, I'm nice to people. I, I give to the Salvation Army, and I, I try to watch my tongue, and, and I'm good. It's easy. but we have to look at ourselves true, truthfully, without the blindness, with the blinders taken off and see who we are, and understand that we need him. In John 3, it speaks about this also, verses 19 through 21. It says, and this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. That's one option. You can choose not to come to the light. You can stay in the darkness. That's your choice. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. So we can choose to be in the light. We can choose to be in the darkness. That's our choice. But God has given it as a free gift, and all we have to do is, is reach for it. All we have to do is have faith and believe that what the Bible says about us is true, what the Bible says about Jesus is true. We confess our sins, we believe, and we accept. So... As a new creation in Christ, if you make that choice and you decide to come and let Christ's light shine on you and choose that grace, God calls us to walk in the light. As children of God who are called by his name, we're to act like it. We're to act like children of the light. Ephesians 5.8 says, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Later on in verse 14, it says, For anything that, is be- for anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So my challenge is to you is that if you are walking in the light, if you, are, if you are a Christian, if you have Jesus in your heart, then you need to be awake, you need to be vigilant, you need to be watching and making sure that you're walking in the light, that you're not allowing the darkness to creep in. Because let me tell you, it is easy. It is easy to become used to the darkness. You know, just last night I was playing a board game with Ruth and Abigail, my daughters, and it was evening time, and it was getting dark outside, and we were kind of not paying attention, and then Ruth goes and turns a light on, and oh my goodness, it was shocking to me how dark it had gotten in the room, but it just slowly gotten darker and darker, and and when the light was turned on, it was surprising. It was kind of a shock. Um, That's what can happen in our society. There's a lot of darkness out there, and there's a lot of Culture coming against what the Bible says. There's a lot of questioning of that. Just last week, one of my friends on Facebook posted this um, a little meme kind of thing. And it said, humans, humans worship over 5,000 gods. But don't worry, yours is the right one. Yours is the only one. And it was, it was a sarcastic thing, making fun of Christians, because the world doesn't like that we say that truth is absolute. The world doesn't like that. They want tolerance. They want everyone to say, oh, well, whatever you say is good for you, and whatever I say is good for me, and there's no truth. There's no right or wrong. We, we're all good, and how dare you tell me that there is truth? How dare you tell me that what, something is wrong? Well, you know what? There is darkness, and there is light, and we are called to walk in the light, and we are called not to just tolerate everything, Now we are called to love everyone and we are called to act in a way that is loving, but we are not called to sit in the corner and say, okay, well, whatever you say. And we're not called to conform to it. The Bible says not to conform to the pattern of this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And how do we renew our mind? By getting into the word and understanding what the Bible says is true and what the Bible says is right and what is wrong. In Hebrews, it talks about the word of God being like a double-edged sword. It says in chapter 4, verse 12 through 13, For the word of God is living and active. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. We have to let the light of God shine in our hearts and expose things. We have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and and allow him to shine in our hearts. And when we read something in the Word that challenges us, when we read something that that makes us feel a little uncomfortable in our spirit, that's the Holy Spirit. And he is giving you guidance. He is telling you, something's wrong here. You need to work this out. You need to be walking as children of the light. When we do walk as children of light, you know what the result is? There's joy. There's peace. We have, we have peace with God. We're, we're, we're in communion with him. Not only that, the people who see us see a reflection of the light because we're not hiding in the darkness. We're not pretending to be something that we're not. We're, we're boldly walking forth in truth. And the light is shining right off of us to other people so that they can see the light of God in our lives. That's what we're called to be. So, I'm going to conclude. I'm going to ask the <laughs> I'm going to ask the prayer team to come up. And I want you to prayerfully consider what we've talked about today. If you do not know this light, if you don't know Christ, if he hasn't saved you from the darkness, and you want to change that today, there's going to be people up here who want, would love to pray with you. We would love to talk to you about this and, and pray with you. If you're here today and you have Jesus in your heart and you're feeling, you f- you're feeling something inside, you're saying, there, there's some, some light that's shining on my heart and I know that there's some darkness in there and I need to get right with God, Come on up. Come. We want to pray with you. There's always forgiveness. There's always the opportunity for restoration. In Isaiah chapter 55, it says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. He's a God of love. He loves you. He wants you to be right. He wants you to be in communion with him. He sent Jesus to to bring you to him. He wants you to be with him. So um, I'm going to pray. And if you want to come up and pray with our prayer team, you're welcome to. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you speak truth to us, Lord, and you reveal yourself to us through your word, Lord God. I pray that you would speak in our hearts now, Lord. I pray that your light would shine forth from the people in this room and that it would glorify you, Lord Jesus. Amen.
1: I'm going to pray, and that's going to be our service for today. And, Lord, I just thank you for, I want to boast and, like, brag on my, thank you for my wife, which she's awesome, but I want to thank you for your, your scripture that just inserts it in our heart. And it just, it can trim away the little bit of, darkness or sin or worldliness or whatever we want to call it, Lord, that permeates there and grows there and that, Lord, we just thank you for that word and we thank you for opportunities to respond to it. And Jesus, we just we let us be a church that wants to pursue you, to love others and love this community but Lord, let us, let us pursue you. And Jesus, we just thank you for who you are, and we love you, Lord. Amen. So that's our service today. So thank you for coming.